look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Faisal, we talk a lot about uh, lifestyle, and part of lifestyle uh, planning is transition planning. And that means will leg- wills, legacies, so on and so forth. Yeah, I think when you see more and more people as they age are more concerned about how this money is getting uh, transferred over to their loved ones or to mm-hmm. charities of their choice. And, and one of the biggest concerns that I hear about, and because mainly we get a lot of the, the information coming out of Ontario, yep. um, is probate fees and what's the cost if right. I, you know, and how do we mitigate that or minimize those costs. And right. so let's have a bit of a chat about that. Yeah. Uh, and so we've got Catherine Zhang joining us today, a recurring guest with us. She's an associate at Walsh LLP. Catherine, thanks for taking some time with us today. Thanks for having me. Maybe we can start the conversation with a bit about what probate is. Maybe you can just educate our listeners about uh, about probate, and then we can talk about its application in uh, Alberta versus other provinces. Yeah, so probate um, is a court order that um, an executor or personal representative will have to get um, in order to process some of the assets um, that uh, an individual who's passed away owns. Um, Typically, probate is required if you have um, real property in Alberta or if you have a bank account with a sizable a sizable asset or wealth um, in that account, um, those institutions will require court order. And so um, if you've got a will, it's usually called a grant of probate. If you don't have a will, court order is still required, uh, but that process is going to be called getting a grant of administration. And at the end of the day, when the process is complete and you get an order, um, that personal representative will have the authority um, bestowed upon them by the court to say, yes, you can go ahead and administer this individual's assets. Okay, um, so got it. Now, let's talk a little bit about, there's some differences, jurisdictional differences between... Well, let's back up and probate. talk about the cost. There's a cost to this. There's a fee, a probate fee. Yeah, so I was going to say, let's and it's start, different amongst different provinces. So let's start, let's start in Alberta. Here, let's start yeah, home, let's yeah. talk about what the cost of probate is in Alberta. Yeah, so Catherine, yeah, let's do that. What's, what's the yeah. cost here in Alberta? Uh, so the cost to file a probate application depends on how much the estate uh, is worth. In Alberta, we're very lucky as we're capped. Um, and so as soon as you have over $250,000 um, in wealth, the highest probate court filing fee you're going to pay is $525. Um, it's staggered. So if you, for example, own um, over $25,000 but less than $125,000, they're going to prorate that fee and you're paying a $275 court filing fee right. as at, you know, today's date. Um, uh, that doesn't include the, co- the perhaps legal cost or accounting cost of preparing that application, and so that will vary um, firm by firm or however you manage it. But uh, the bottom line is the court filing fee is capped here, um, which is different from some of the other jurisdictions uh, in Canada. Ontario is one example. I think BC is the other example where they take a, they take a percentage depending on how big or small the estate is. So let me just jump in there and talk about what's classified under this this uh, fee for probate. When you say your wealth, let's take a couple. Uh, one member of the two um, passes away. What gets counted in, in probate in that situation? Uh, the assets that get counted are whatever ha- the deceased 
owned in their name alone as that date of death. So if you're dealing with um, a husband and wife situation um, and they own a house jointly and they own accounts jointly, you're not going to have anything to probate because the surviving spouse will receive all of those assets outside of the estate. Um, if you're looking at a situation where an individual dies leaving a house in their own own name alone or a bank account in their own name alone, then that asset gets calculated towards um, what falls into the estate and the fee for grant of probate or grant of administration. Yeah, let's just jump in there and also mention those who have RRSPs, mm -hmm. Registered Retirement Income Funds, or RIF, TFSA, they all have designated beneficiaries, maybe some insurances or insurance mm -hmm. contracts. Those all have designated beneficiaries. So, Catherine, those are exempt or out, outside of the, uh, the, the, the estate itself for probate purposes. Is that correct? Yes, so long as the beneficiary is has survived and there's no gift over to the residue of the estate, um, yes, that is exempt for probate purposes. Now, lots of people try um, different ways to avoid uh, the probate process. Again, there's a cap in terms of how much you have to pay um, in probate. Alberta. But, yeah, but there mm -hmm. can be additional costs associated with legal and so on and so forth. So mm -hmm. lots of people are still sensitive to that, and they want to try to minimize the time, effort, and cost associated with that. Tell us a little bit about some of the strategies that people use and yeah. uh, what we need to be aware of if you are going to pursue some of these strategies. Yeah, I think the biggest ones we see are either um, the, the testator, so the person dealing with their estate, um, wanting to get to, to put assets in joint names, so indicating, well, I mean, I my intention is for my real property to pass to my kids anyways. I'm going to put one child on um, for administration purposes. Um, I mean, that's one strategy, and we can talk about after the reasons why I don't like seeing that sure. um, or, that, you know, that we would recommend against that. And then the second one is saying, you know what, I don't even need to be on title. I'm going to just transfer this asset in whole during my lifetime so that that there's there's not I can take out the um, transmission fee or um, the fee for filing additional paperwork with land titles. They'll just have this property outright during their lifetime, and that's those are the two primary examples. And those are um, two topics we absolutely talk to clients about um, during the estate planning process if mm -hmm. probate fees are one of their concerns. Well, and, and a lot of people, Faisal, think, listening right now, say, oh, well, that's pretty smart, right? I could set up my kids on my non-registered accounts, and they could just take over or mm -hmm. move my house into, you know, the kids, one of the kids or both kids' names or something along those lines. That, yeah. that doesn't sound like a bad idea. So I'll, I'll take a personal situation. My father decided to do that way back in the day, and he said, you know what, I'm going to put everything mm -hmm. in joint with my son. He's the, he, he manages money for a living. Mm -hmm. He seems responsible from a reasonable distance. <laughs> Why not put everything joint with him? And then my sister gave me a dirty look when that came out. So um, the, the risks that my my father were was not thinking about, Right. Um, mm -hmm. one of them, Catherine, was, well, I'm now divorced. And so um, that could have been a problem. Um, yep. uh, I If I own a business... Mm -hmm or I have creditors, that could be a problem. Like, so let's talk about, you know, we've got a couple minutes left, but what, what are some of the problems that people should be aware of uh, mm -hmm. when, when thinking about putting their, their property in joint with somebody else besides their spouse? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest one is um, the, the biggest message we try to get out to clients is as soon as you put somebody else on as a joint owner to one of your assets, you lose full control. And I mean... Every parent goes into it thinking, you know, my kid has my best interest at heart, um, you know, nothing bad is going to happen. And unfortunately, time and time again, we see that um, kids are infallible or kids are fallible, I, I should say. Um, and sometimes stuff happens and um, kids either get divorced or they end up perhaps thinking mom and dad don't need the money anyways and they start treating that money as their own or that asset as their own um, and, and you you see clients come in and say well I put this into joint name but now I, I have lost control I don't have the ability to have a say or I don't know where my money is um, that's that's a common problem that we see um, and I mean on the flip side even if um, that particular child is a dream child and um, is committed to um, managing that asset pursuant to mom and dad's wishes or their parents' wishes, um, there is also the risk uh, that other siblings, like your sister, uh, Faisal, might kind of say, hold on, wait a second, what's going on here? And um, unintended discord in the family can arise and unintended distrust and so it it could make um, family life or the family relationship a lot more complicated and administration of that particular asset that's one you know that's one of the things and then obviously the one for uh, the concern for distributing that asset in that person's lifetime right away is you absolutely lose full control of that asset. So the adult no longer has the ability to use those funds or use that house to their benefit because they've transferred it. I think those are all terrific points. And of course, we'll be talking about that on Tuesday, May 29th at 7 p.m. The uh, We're going to be at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. So if you're up north, you'd love to join us. We'd love to see you. And you can register for this uh, this seminar by calling 966 8400 or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com join us after the break as we'll continue chatting with Catherine zhang you're on 770 chqr and more than money david popovich and Faisal carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with cibc woodgundy in calgary the views of david popovich and Faisal carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of cibc world markets inc clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors if you are currently a cibc woodgundy client please contact your investment advisor cibc woodgundy is a division of cibc world markets inc a subsidiary of cibc and a member of the canadian investor protection fund and investment industry regulatory organization of canada